Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. So I'm going to be looking at the story of cars uh, this morning. And if you've never watched the film Cars, I want to give you just a little uh, synopsis of what the uh, film is all about. It's centered around a character called Lightning McQueen. He's a rookie race car driver. um, And his dream, his ambition, his whole life is centered around winning the Piston Cup. He wants to become the first rookie racer to win the Piston Cup. In fact, his whole like philosophy, he repeats it at the start of every race to himself. He says, one winner, 42 losers, and I eat losers for breakfast. He is obsessed with his goal of winning the Piston Cup. In fact, he's obsessed with his own self-promotion. He believes his own hype. He becomes self-absorbed, so much so that his pit crew that are there to help him, when they quit, he's like, I don't need you anyway. I'm the one that wins the races, not you. And then what happens is is um, it ends up going down. The Piston Cup goes down to one final race between Lightning McQueen and two other race cars. And um, on the journey to that race, there's an accident that happens and uh, Lightning McQueen finds himself stuck in this town called Radiator Springs. And the people of the town, because of the accident, he like destroys the main road through the town and they sentence him to fixing the road. And he's not allowed to leave until he fixes the road. And that becomes the main kind of setting in which the story happens. And and we get to meet all the characters in Radiator Springs. And Radiator Springs is a community full of misfits, people who've been forgotten about, people. It's a town that's been forgotten about, but Lightning McQueen finds himself stuck in this place. And he spends a lot of the film frustrated because he sees this town as a place that is preventing him from reaching his goal. He's frustrated because he's stuck in a place that he doesn't want to be. He wants to be over there, but he's stuck over here. And when I first thought about doing the story, Cars, the the story of Joseph in the Bible came to me straight away. Not um, the dad of of Jesus, Joseph, Joseph in the Old Testament. And we're going to just have a little look at his story and and see that it's actually quite similar to Lightning McQueen's story. It appears in Genesis and it's here on the screen. It says, Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. And just as a side note, when you've got a dream in your heart, if you feel like you something's staring up inside of you when, you, when it's in its early stages, you've got to be really careful who you share it with. Because if you share it with the wrong people, it can get shot down. And before it's be, had a chance to get legs on it, it can get shot down. So just be really careful who you share your dreams with. And uh, he said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the fields when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers because it went really well the first time. Listen, he said, I had another dream and this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, 
But his father kept the matter in mind. You see, Joseph here, he becomes obsessed with this dream that he's had. This obsess- he becomes obsessed and he can't even see the effect that his dream is having on other people. You see, he shares it. He was kind of like the favorite in the family. And what happens is, is that Joseph shares this dream and his brothers get really jealous. They eventually, they beat him up. They leave him in a pit for dead. Then they feel guilty. Then they sell him into slavery. And Joseph finds himself isolated and lonely as a result of this dream. You see, he finds himself stuck in a place that he didn't want to be. He has this dream of a future, a preferred future, and actually he finds himself stuck in a pit and stuck in slavery and in a place that he doesn't want to be. And you know, um, there's another character in the film called Doc. Doc is an old racing car driver who, uh, sorry, he's an old racing car because there's no people in the film. But he's an old racing car, and he, in the past, won three Piston Cups. But there was this terrible accident that happened, and he was kind of forgotten about by everybody, and he's kind of retreated himself and taken himself off to Radiator Springs, and nobody knows Doc's history and his past, um, but he kind of kind of secludes himself away from everybody, and because of his experience of being forgotten about, of being hurt by other people, he's become callous, he's become cynical, he's become withdrawn from other people, and he doesn't let people in. You see, all three of the characters, Lightning McQueen, Joseph, and Doc, all find themselves isolated. They find themselves feeling lonely and isolated. And, you know, loneliness is a huge, huge deal, and it is really, really painful. You know, in the UK, we're we're one of the first countries to have a minister for loneliness. Like, there is an actual NP that is in charge of looking after lonely people in our nation. Did you know a piece of research came out last year that over 200,000 people in our nation can go over 30 days without having contact with another human being? A month. 200,000 people go a month without seeing somebody. That's incredible, isn't it? And in fact, there was further research done that broke down feelings of isolation and loneliness into demographics and generations. And naturally, you would, you would hear a stat like that and think, well, well it's probably older people that, that find themselves feeling lonely and isolated. And actually, what the study found is it wasn't the older generations. They actually had the least and lowest feelings of isolations. But it was generations Z, those that are 21 and under, that had the highest feelings of loneliness and isolation. The most connected generation ever actually has the most feelings of isolation and loneliness because we substitute connection with another human being for Wi-Fi connection and connection to a device. And we think that messaging is enough to be connected, but actually we need to be more and more connected. And loneliness and isolation is a huge, huge issue and the odds are somebody on your row this morning will be suffering and and feeling and having feelings of isolation and loneliness and I don't want to belittle it at all because because isolation and loneliness can often come through circumstances outside of our control and sometimes we find ourselves lonely and isolated but I think sometimes and quite often we can become lonely and isolated through our own choice and it might not be a like conscious choice that you make, but a subconscious choice. See, sometimes uh, for me, when I'm in a when I'm in a bad place, when I'm like stressed out or in a, in, a, in a negative mindset, in an unhealthy place, my my natural thing is I go maverick, and I go right. 
Nobody else can do the job properly. I'm the only one that can do it. It, it comes out mostly like if I'm packing the car to go on holiday. And what will happen is Laura will try and help me and she'll bring a box out and I'll be like, no, that's the wrong box. Just, just you go in and have a cup of tea. Leave me to do it. I'm a hoot to be married to. <laughs> and like, I'll be like, you stay out the way because I'm the only one that has the spatial awareness to load the car. And, you know, so I, I go like that when I'm stressed. I isolate myself and I, I mutter to myself. And I'll be like, oh, no one can do this. Why do I always get left to do it? No one else is as good as me. And I isolate myself and get frustrated and stressed. That's how I operate when I'm in an unhealthy place. Often, actually, when I'm feeling insecure, when I feel threatened by others, when I feel like I'm not good enough, I isolate myself. I don't, I don't lean into relationships. I don't go, hey, I, I'm feeling a little bit insecure by that. I isolate myself and I don't want to be around anyone and I just want to be in my own space. You see, I think often we can isolate ourselves because we become, because of our own choices, because we become focused on what we have got going on, that we find ourselves isolated and lonely. And you know, that is what happens with Lightning McQueen, with Joseph and Doc. They all withdraw, they all find themselves feeling alone and isolated because they all have an inability to see what is going on around them, to see other people's stuff that is going on and they become focused on it. And the, the, the kind of main point that I want to get across this morning is this, that a life, a, a life devoted to self ultimately ends up alone. You see, when we become devoted to our own stuff, our own circumstances, when we become fixated on our deal, we ultimately end up alone. And you know, when you're stuck and frustrated and in a place that you didn't plan to be, that you don't want to be, that's the time that we need to lean into relationship. That's the time where we need to push in and get, get beyond ourselves and lean into community and relationship, not isolate ourselves. And um, you know, I think the, uh, the characters, all, all of them, they find, they find this truth. They find this through their experience that a life devoted to self ultimately ends up alone. And I want to give you um, a few journey essentials that if we're going to live lives that aren't devoted to self, then what do we need to do? And the first thing that we need to do or we need to have is a new gear. One of my favorite characters in the, in the film, Cars, is a character called Mater. He's a, a rusty old tow truck, um, and he's quite a Southern American hick uh, kind of character, and he's, he's really funny, he's great, and he decides that Lightning McQueen is going to be his best mate, and he just picks him, and he's picked him as his best friend, and there's this great emotional moment where he, where he tells him that he's his best friend, and uh, Lightning McQueen really likes that kind of thing, and... Um, what I want to show you is just a little clip that shows you a bit of who, uh, who Mater is and the relationship that he and Lightning McQueen have. So have a look at this little clip. Just need to know where I've been. I watched that and I was like, that is a profound statement that I think so many of us carry in our lives. That I don't need to know where my future is because I know where I've been. I know what I deserve. I know the pattern of my life that just keeps repeating and I'll go over and over and over that. I don't need to not watch where I'm going because I haven't got a future. I've just got this past that I carry around with me and that I live out and what's happened in my past determines my future. Let me say this morning, your past does not determine your future. 
God has a future for you. God does not want you to be a backwards driver and live your whole life in reverse. God wants to give you a new gear and, and give you, lead you into the future that he has for you. He does not want you to go over that same pattern over and over again. Maybe the the place that you find yourself stuck in is a, place, is a place where emotionally people have spoken stuff over you and you just believe this same stuff over and over again and opportunities come up but you go, do you know what? I can't do that because I'm this person that they spoke over me. And God wants to give you a forward gear. Maybe you find yourself um, trapped in unhealthy relationships and you have a circle of going back through unhealthy relationship and unhealthy friendship or unhealthy romance and you find yourself in this pattern. Maybe you go from debt to debt, from credit card to credit card. Maybe you go from, from empty job to empty job. Maybe you are going from addiction to addiction, from, from stupid comment to stupid comment that you look back and go, oh yeah, I'm just that person that makes those stupid comments. Maybe you are stuck in a cycle of missed opportunities, of failures. Maybe you find yourself stuck in a cycle and that's the place that you're in and you constantly go, flipping heck, I'm here again. Here I am again. The backwards driver comes out. Uh, this is the same mistake that I made last year, the same mistake that I made 10 years ago. But God did not call you to live out your past mistakes. God calls you to have a forward gear. God says he has a plan and a future for your life. You know, it says in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, it says, therefore, if any one is in Christ the new creation has come the old has gone and the new is here you know if you're not a Christian this morning I have good news for you that God has a future for you that your past does not determine your future that God wants to give you a new gear and maybe maybe life is fine for you and you're going yeah I'm, I don't feel like I'm a backwards driver God wants to give you a new gear I remember um, driving my car for for two years and only using up to fifth gear and then suddenly one day I realized there was a sixth gear and I could go 120 mile an hour on the motorway uh, that was a joke by the way a lot of people go oh really and you see life can be fine but God wants to give you a new gear and go do you know what you, you think this is life there is more to life. There is more going on. There's a policeman on the second row, and I think he's getting ready to arrest me at the end of the service. <laughs> Do you know, we, we at this church, we're, we're passionate about families um, fostering and adopting. And you know, the, the stats that speak over children and young people who've been fostered and adopted speak over that they're going to be backwards drivers. But we don't believe that. We believe for more for these guys. We believe for more. We, we, we believe that God has a future for them that isn't what the stats say, that God is, is preparing them for more, that God is giving them a new gear. And you know, none of, none of finding a new gear happens in isolation. It's not that you find a new gear with just you and God, but it, it, it comes through relationship with Jesus and with those around you that you can lean on each other and lean on Jesus and move forward and find that new direction and that new gear. And the second journey essential is carpool. We all need to be in a carpool. We all need to be in community. We were created to be in community. In fact, in the very beginning of time, when God created the world, he created the heavens and earth and looked at it and said it was good. When he created the land and the sea, he said it was good. When he created the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, he said it was good. And then he created man and God said, it is not good. Literally, he said, it appears in Genesis, he said, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. 
right at the beginning of time, when God created humanity, he said, it is not good for us to be alone. In fact, the only time that he did say humanity was good in that, in that Genesis account was when they were in community together. And we need the richness of community. And I love in the film that, that Lightning McQueen discovers community in Radiator Springs. It's a, it's a group of people that love him as family. In fact, I read on a blog about cars, um, it, said, it said that uh, Radiator Springs is a town of misfits and rejects where everyone belongs. And I thought, what a mandate for Life Central Church. We should put that outside, that we are, are a town of misfits and rejects where everyone belongs. Because that's what we're passionate about, people belonging, people finding community as part of Life Central. You know, and if you feel isolated and lonely and you're part of us, you know, Join a connect group, join a team. Those are the two big ways that you can find community and find a carpool in, our, in, in Life Central Church. You know, I, I've recently joined a connect group and, we're, and it's absolutely brilliant. We're really loving it. My, my connect group is not full of people identical to me. They're not all the same. In fact, some of them are extremely different to, to me and Laura. But you know what? There's real beauty in that and there's real richness in the diversity of those relationships. And I'm enjoying getting to know people and hanging out with them and, and, and spending more time. We're finding real community in our connect group. You know, I've been part of teams in this church for years and mostly part of the youth team. And, you know, it is, there is real diversity in there. We find real community in the team that we're a part of. And, you know, if you join a team, whether it's the kids team or the youth team or the hosting team or the car park team or open house team or whatever it is, you know, you can find community and find people that you can be in relationship with whilst you live out the purposes of God for your life, you know. Um, if you're interested in that, then please do visit our connection point um, at some point. Or um, if you're listening to us, then sign up online. You can do that via the website as well. But uh, one of the things I love about, about cars is he finds himself stuck in Radiator Springs. But in Radiator Springs is where he finds the relationships that he needs in order to get to where he ends up going and where he wants to be. You see, he gets to know Doc a little bit, and they have this race, and um, basically, uh, Lightning McQueen doesn't know how to, how to turn quickly on, a gra on gravel, and so he ends up wrecking, and he ends up in the, in the bushes, which you see on the trailer, and Doc, eventually, Doc teaches him how to drift and how to turn quickly on, on a, like a loose surface and what happens is, is in the race at the end of the film I won't spoil it for you uh, but he ends up using that skill and you see he wouldn't have found that skill had he not been in community in Radiator Springs and there's this great it's just this great like multi-generational learning where Doc the, the race car who feels like he's been forgotten about gets a chance to invest in the next generation of racing cars and just this beautiful, beautiful moment where, where the older generation are investing in the next generation, that there's community being built. And actually in the final race where Lightning McQueen has got no pit crew, who turns up but the misfits and the rejects of Radiator Springs? Because it's the community that he finds that, ne that he needs in order to reach his goal and the purpose that he felt he had on his life. And you know... Again, I won't spoil it, but if you watch the film, and please, I encourage you to watch it. These films are so, so rich with content. Like, when you're watching them for more than entertainment, you just see so many themes 
coming out. But Lightning McQueen, at the end of the film, he, his values have shifted and he doesn't actually value winning the Piston Cup as much anymore. He values the community and the people that are around him because he knows he needs carpool. He needs community. The third thing that we need to do if we're going to live lives that aren't devoted to selves is have a look under the hood. Joseph is really, really interesting. Um, we see that Joseph, basically, he gets thrown in a pit, then he gets sold into slavery, and he goes um, from a, a pit to slavery to the palace, and then he ultimately ends up in power, is Joseph's story, and he ends up ruling over, and that dream that he has right at the start that we looked at, he, he does ultimately end up in power and end up ruling over, but he rules with real like wisdom and integrity and, and discernment, and he's, he's actually really, really good at what he does. And he responds to his brothers in a really gracious way as well. And, but I wonder what God did when he was in the pit. I wonder what God was doing. Because if, if I was Joseph, I'd be kicking off with God. I'd be going, God, you gave me this dream. I told people about it. And now look where I've ended up. Like, what have you done to me, God? And probably, you know, we don't, we don't know that Joseph did that because we don't see it. We, we don't really see Joseph's, like, emotional journey. We just see that he, he kind of responds to certain situations. But we don't know what happened, like, when he was in the pit or when he was in the prison. We don't know those things. But, you know... I reckon there was probably moments where he had to just get before God and say, God, God, like, I'm annoyed. I'm frustrated here. God, what are you doing? What are you up to? Because I, I know from my own relationship with God that God doesn't, doesn't just sort stuff out for us. You know, God doesn't take Joseph, who's this, like, arrogant, gobby little kid who has a dream and just doesn't go, okay, I'm going to give you, download all the character apps that you need and give you all the characteristics and the personality that you need and then, bang, we can copy and paste you over here and put you as, as a leader of a nation. Like, God doesn't work like that. God will have worked in him when he was in the pit, when he was in prison, when he was in those low moments. God will have worked on his character and done, uh, did stuff uh, in him. And, you know, I think... Sometimes when we find ourselves stuck in a place that we don't want to be, that we find ourselves held back from our preferred destination, it might be that God's got something to teach us in this season. That God wants to do something and add to your character whilst you're stuck in that place. You know, I remember um, when I uh, lived in Manchester and uh, I joined, I signed up to join the youth team in the church that I was in in Manchester and um, at the time, I worked for Youth for Christ, and I was a national youth worker working for a national youth charity, and I signed up to the youth team, and I was, you know, on the Friday night, I was heading down, and I was like, obviously, you know, a professional youth worker, like national status, all this kind of stuff, and I was like, turning up going, so would you like me to preach tonight? And I turned up, they handed me a high vis and went, Andy, you're on the car park tonight. And I didn't, I was like, yeah, sure. And inside, I'm like, are you having a laugh? You're putting me on the car park. I'm one of the best youth workers this country's got to offer. And I'm pleased you're laughing. <laughs> like, because God needed to do something in me. God needed to work on my humility, obviously. And God needed to do something in me. I found myself in a place that I didn't want to be. That wasn't my preferred destination for that evening. But God had to work in me and do something. And it's really interesting when uh, there's a moment in the film that we're going to look at again that's um, the history of Radiator Springs. And I think there's a line in there that really just speaks out 
of something about us wanting to take a shortcut and cut out what God might want to do in our character when we're stuck in a place. So have a look. This is the history of Radiator Springs. The whole town, the richness of the community was bypassed in order for people to save 10 minutes. And I think when we find ourselves stuck in a place that we don't want to be, naturally, we want to get out of there as quick as possible. And we're like, God, just make this stop. Get me out of here. But actually, I think God is up to something when we find ourselves in those places that are stuck. And it says in Romans, if I can have that on the screen, it says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. When you are down to nothing, God is up to something. And you know, if you find yourself stuck in a place, look under the hood, see what God might be doing in you and through you, because I think he might be adding character to you in order that when you come out of that place, you have more added to you and you can be a giver of hope. And the final point as the band come back up, um, the journey essential is we need to be aware of others on the road. I'm pleased that this has landed as the last talk because I found in, in research and preparing for this, I found um, a theory called the Pixar Theory on YouTube. And if you go on YouTube and type in Pixar Theory, you'll find loads of geeks talking about it um, and doing little vlogs about it. And basically, the Pixar Theory is that all of the films exist in a parallel Pixar universe and all of them slot into some sort of timeline in the history of the Pixar universe. And although each story stands alone, it stands as part of a bigger story. And what I love about that and thinking about that is actually we can so easily get focused on what's going on in our world, what's going on in my story at the moment. But actually, we need to be aware of others on the road. We need to be aware of how our story fits into the bigger story of God's story and what he is doing around us. You know, I'm absolutely like this. When I'm, when I'm ill, I go into self-preservation mode. I go into, like, I just need, I need a duvet and some Lemsip, and I need 24 hours. Like, I just go into that mode. I don't care what anyone else is, go, is going on in their life. I need to just look after me. And I think sometimes when, when we're stuck in a place that we don't want to be, we can isolate ourselves off, and we don't care about what others are going through. But it says this in Philippians 2. It says, do nothing, it's on here, isn't it? do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Leon did such a good job of unpacking that for us a couple of weeks ago um, about valuing others and looking to others. And it says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You see, our attitudes when it comes to each other, to the community, to being aware of others on the road is humility. It's going, how can I save you? How can I look out for you? You see, we're not a bunch of mavericks trying to reach our own goal. We don't have our own story that stands in isolation to others. We all have our story that fits into God's story. And all of our stories overlap with the stories of those around us. You see, it's not just 
our world, it's the world. And we play a, a part in the bigger picture. And we do that because we know that a life devoted to self ultimately ends up alone. And I want to challenge us to not live a life that's devoted to self, but live a life that is devoted to others because I think it ultimately ends up fulfilled. When you serve others, when you prefer others, when you find richness in community and those around you, that's when you end up fulfilled. So I think we need to become outrageously committed to being a community of misfits who prefer each other, who learn from each other and where everyone is welcome. And I want to just give us a moment to, to respond. So um, just quietly, I want to invite you to, to stand to your feet if you're able to. And we're just going to take a moment. We've got a couple of minutes left. and Just want to take a moment. Just I've said a lot of words. I just want to invite God to speak and see what he might want to say to us and to you this morning. I want to invite you if you're comfortable just close your eyes and um, maybe hold out your hands in front of you it's not like a weird religious thing it's just I find that helps me to focus and concentrate on what God might be saying and I'm just going to say God would you come and speak to us I think we should um, just take a moment to pray for two different groups of people um, the first group I think there's some people here who feel like like when you watched that Radiator Springs history video, that you were like, I feel like that. I feel like something new and shiny came along in life and people just kind of forgot about me and you feel like you, you, you kind of been cast aside and forgotten about and you feel like the world has forgotten you. And I think God wants to remind you that he has not forgotten you. And I'd like to pray for you in a moment, but I'd also like to pray um, for those of us that find ourselves stuck in a place that we don't want to be. That you set out with a dream, a destination, an ambition in mind, and you stuck. Maybe it alludes to what Dan shared earlier about you've got your exam results back in the last couple of weeks and they weren't what you were expecting. And you think, I had a destination in mind, but now I'm stuck. If you're either one of those people I'd like to pray for you in, in this way in a moment I'm going to invite you to just take a seat and I'm going to ask um, those that are around you uh, to just put a hand on your shoulder and, and just pray for you they're not going to do anything weird they're not going to stroke your face or lick you or anything if they do come and see Simon he'll sort them out but we're just going to take a moment to respond here and 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 say, God, God, I feel like I'm cast aside. I feel like people have forgotten about me or I feel like I'm stuck in a place that I didn't intend to be. And God, I need to meet you in that place. I need to know there's another in the fire. I need to know that there's another in the water that I'm not alone. So if that's you, I want to just invite you now as the band play, just to take a seat. Just quietly, just grab a seat. stood up and you can see somebody around you that's sat down and if you weren't stood up originally just let people know you don't need to be prayed for but just stick a hand on their shoulder and we're just going to take a moment to be community and be carpool and, and be a bunch of misfits and rejects where everyone's welcome <laughs>
and we're going to stand together in this. So let's make sure nobody's left out. Jesus, we pray for these people sat down. God, we pray for those that feel like that they have been forgotten, that they've been cast aside, that they feel like the world's moved on without them. God, I pray that you would show them right now how much you love them, how much that you have not forgotten them. God, that you have remembered them, that you have, like like the the prodigal son and the, the father in the prodigal son story, that you have stood and you have waited and you've watched and you've been waiting for them to turn to you. And now they, they turn to you, God. I pray that they would know that you run towards them, that you are fiercely passionate about who they are, that you have never once forgotten them. God, I pray that you would fill them with a real sense of your love. And Jesus, I pray for those that feel stuck in a place that they didn't want to be, that they didn't intend to be. God, I pray that they would know that there's another one with them and that's you. Jesus, I pray that they might know the light in the darkness. God, I pray that you would show them a way through what is going on, God, that they might not miss what you are doing in in this moment. But God, I pray for strength. God, I pray for a a renewing of their mind. Jesus, and I pray that by your spirit, you would fill them now they would know that they do not stand alone in their pit but you are with them and we are with them as well Lord Amen Amen we're going to close our time together by singing a really short version of the song that we kind of sang uh, before we uh, spoke um, which is another in the fire which just just speaks of what we've been talking about so let's sing together as we finish